ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. Tony, scientists in Brazil said they've discovered an animal that is half dog and half fox. I'm Tony Kornheiser. 100% pure fox. I don't think that sounds like that big a revelation. Wouldn't you expect that there are some creatures that hybrid dog, wolf, dog, fox, fox, wolf? Wouldn't you expect that? I don't know, but I... Maybe I'm wrong. I thought Fox was part of the cat family, no. not the dog family. No. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Are you sure? No, I'm not. Are you sure? sure. I'm not sure. Well, of course no. you're not sure. And I'm not sure either. They don't know that. You remember the song by Jimi Hendrix, Foxy Lady? Yes. Remember that song? Yes, I do. We just turned off 85% of the audience. <laughs> Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, Aaron Rodgers vows to rise again. The Braves clinch the NL East for the sixth straight time, and Booger McFarland joins us for five good minutes. But we begin today with Dion, because as I said yesterday, you can't do a show without Dion. Dion's Colorado team is a 23 and a half point favorite over Jay Norvell's Colorado State team this Saturday. And here's a clip from Norvell regarding Dion's penchant for wearing hats and shades in his press conference. And I sat on with ESPN today, and I don't care if they hear it in Boulder. I told them I took my hat off and I took my glasses off, and I said, when I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother taught me. So. That's a wow. Wilbon, what do you make of this, and do you think it will help or hurt Colorado State on Saturday? Oh, it ain't going to help. It's not going to help. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with Mr. Norvell a little bit because he played, I think, a year, a season for the Bears. And so I had not heard his name in a long time, and here's how he gets it back in front of the public, going personal with Dion. Look, let me just say this. I understand where he's coming from. My mother taught me to take my hat and glasses off too. I I get that. But there was no reason to go there. That doesn't have anything to do with the game. It has nothing to do with Dion's successes. It has nothing to do with what's going on in college. It has nothing to do with nothing. But he went there. And Dion's, Dion's looking for it anyway, and his players are looking for it. And this video that we couldn't use is out there at practice where Prime says, you just made it personal. You just did. We saw what happened when the Nebraska coach made it personal. We've seen it. We're going to see it every week. They don't need to get up much, but they will now rise up, and they are just yeah. crazed over this. Who was the player on NFL Films to see it? Like a crazed dog. Was that LT? Just leave Dion alone, and he, he wasn't, he didn't do that. Okay, so I think this is absolutely fabulous. As you know, I would think this is fabulous. Yes. Do I think it will help Colorado State? Of course not. No. No. Dion's players are going to do their even better than their best yeah. now to destroy Colorado State. But what this said to me, Mike, was how dominating. Dion is in college football right now that another coach, a coach from the same state, a coach who likes Dion, yeah. 
would make yeah. this very pointed reference to Dion without ever using him, his name. You know this is about Dion. It's a targeted shot. I thought it was tongue-in-cheek. I was interested to see how Dion reacted. I had, hoped, I had hoped Dion would laugh, and I had hoped at the end of the game he would hug Norvell he after he beat him by 35 yeah. points. Yeah. Um, again, it's, it's, it's Dion's dominance because Norvell has said good things about him. Yes, publicly good this things. Week, he said good yes. things, and Norvell played in the league. He knows so hard. He's not a guy who's only tied to the college culture. He knows right. all the, the, the guys have gone yeah. through to get this. Dude, what are you doing? Really? I like him now. I like Dion, and now I like Norvell. I like him. Man, I got to watch this game now. Let's move to Aaron Rodgers' future, Tony. The Jets quarterback. I, even, I don't like calling him the Jets quarterback. The Jets quarterback for four snaps, who's out for the season <laughs> after suffering that torn Achilles, said in a statement that he's completely heartbroken and added, quote, the night is darkest before the dawn, and I shall rise yet again. Close quote. Yeah. Tony, yeah. Easter Sunday references aside, Jets offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett said today he expects Rodgers to play next season. Do you have any doubts about that? I think it's, it's reasonable and responsible to have a certain amount of doubt. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers wants to play. Yeah. That's a good team he's going to play for, and he's beloved already in New York, having only played... Four snaps. So, sure, I, I think so. But let's remember this, Mike. He's, he's going to be, when next season starts, he's going to be an old 40, and he's going to be 41 in the first week of December. I know that he probably looks at Tom Brady playing well into his 40s and says, I can do that. And, and maybe he can do that, but I think we have to reference the fact that Tom Brady you know, he had that fanatical, crazy workout scheme every day well, of his Rogers life. Rogers has that. For Rogers every day. has something Well, like I don't that. know that Rogers has that. I don't know that magic mushrooms are avocado ice cream. <laughs> and I don't, know that, I don't know that Tom Brady ever came back from a torn Achilles. Yeah. This is a, a very bad injury, and it's late in the game with a torn Achilles. I hope he comes back, and I hope he is great. But I think it's responsible to have some doubt about this, I don't this, know whether right? it's responsible or not. I know I have plenty, and I know you have plenty, because you and I, well, this is not a hot take, people. We've actually sat at lockers and near cold baths and hot baths and with athletes for 40 years, the two of us, and we know the doubts they have. Great athletes, Hall of Fame athletes, all-time iconic athletes, and they have said, Bruh, I don't know if I can do this. They've had doubts. Aaron Rodgers, not better than them, not more indestructible than them. I don't know about anything with shrooms. I don't know about that. But all I know, Tony, is Aaron Rodgers is probably taking as good a care of himself as anybody can. But so yep. did many of the other guys you and I have known over 40 years. And many of them could not get back. Many of them said, dude, I'm, I can't, I'm trying. I want to come back. I can't complete this. I respect them. I don't, I'm not thinking they're soft or weak or, or there's something wrong with their rehabilitation effort. We don't know if Aaron Rodgers can do this. So, yes, I have That's doubts. Right. And guys play into their 40s. Warren Moon did. And, yes. Uh, Brett Favre did and Drew Brees. I just, I just want to just continue my Total delight with Aaron Rodgers and what he says. And I want to go back to that quote for a second. 
Oh, I've lost the quote. The darkest the darkest before, before the dawn, dawn rise again. And I will rise yet again. Yeah. No, yet again. Yeah. I mean, aside from the incredibly fabulous fact that he, that he says this, it's so unbelievably pretentious, I want to focus on the yet again. What do you mean yet again? Like when you came out of the dungeon of darkness? When did this happen to you before? I'm an English major. I know a messianic theme yeah. when I read about it. Yeah. You know what we need to do? We need to call his boy, McAfee, and get an interpretation on that, exactly what Rodgers meant. We turn now to baseball and the fact that the Atlanta Braves became the first team to clinch a division title. They clinched the NL East last night by beating the second-place Phillies in Philadelphia. This is the sixth straight year the Braves have won the NL East. Wilbon, how impressed are you by this team? Tony, I'm impressed. I mean, we talk about the individual accomplishments every day. I mean, from you know Ronald Lacuna Jr., starting with him, and we think that we both, I think, if we had votes, and I think neither one of us has a vote, we think he's the MVP of the National League. We do. But or yet they Olsen. have other him candidates on his own team. Yeah. They're unbelievably impressive. They look like, first of all, they're on pace to win 100-plus games. You know, in the, in the run they've had, they haven't really done that. And so, Tony, I know they, they, when they won the whole thing, they won like 88 games. So it's not necessary. They won 101 last year. They okay. won 101 last year. 101 last year. Okay. So yeah. I'm impressed. But, you know, that's not what pro sports are about. Professional sports yeah. are about the postseason. And what right. do you That's do in the playoffs? Playoffs? Yes, in the playoffs. Yeah, they're tremendously impressive. They're actually out there like a great car on a highway eating up miles, like a Rolls Royce well, with a race car engine or something like that. Some of these numbers are fabulous, Mike. They're plus 239 in differential. It's 40 ahead of the next best team. Best record in baseball, four and a half ahead of the next best team. Most home runs in baseball, 282, 50 clear, 55 clear of the next team. They got the MVP candidates. They got Spencer Strider, who leads baseball in strikeouts and in wins. They got all the numbers in the world. Mike, they, they were four ahead in their division at the end of May, seven ahead in June, of 11 matters. ahead at the end of July, matter. and 14 ahead at the end of August. Doesn't matter. But if they don't win the World Series, yeah. they end up, in the same box as the Braves from the 90s, who won like 14 division titles and one World Series. You know what, Mike? The Braves and the Dodgers, they don't close the way you think they will. Yeah. They Tony, pro sports, it's about the playoffs. It's about This is exactly. not Premier League exactly. soccer, boys and girls. This is America. No, playoffs. What yeah. pays off is the playoffs. Remember that, if nothing else from today's Let's take show. a break. Coming up, what's the key to tonight's game between the Vikings and the Eagles? We're going to ask Booger McFarland. We'll also get his thoughts on Baker Mayfield stealing defensive signals from the Vikings and the Bucks win on Sunday and whether it means Jack. How about the Premier League? Don't you think they should have a playoff? So I got this. <clears throat> I, got the, I got the legal pad. I went to the wrong page. I had no notes. It was blank. I couldn't get my notes on Aaron Rodgers. I looked like an... Warm up with the hottest games live with Vivid Seats. No matter the sport, Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you can score free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, an annual birthday discount, and more. They're the only ticket company in the game that rewards fans for every purchase. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. 
Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Week two of the NFL season kicks off tonight, which makes it a perfect time for a visit from our great friend ESPN NFL and college football analyst, Mr. Booger McFarland in the Los Angeles Country Club shirt today where they held the U.S. Open. Uh, let's start with the fallout, some of the fallout. From the Aaron Rodgers injury, the NFLPA, the Players Union, wants the NFL owners to get rid of all the artificial turf on the playing field and replace it with natural grass. As a player, what was your experience on artificial turf as opposed to natural grass? Well, it's kind of a catch-22, Tony, because the artificial turf is man-made and really doesn't give. So all players feel so much faster on the turf. All guys talk about how fast they can cut and how quick they are, but it doesn't give. And so players always want to play on natural grass because the natural grass will give according to your body weight. If you're a little dude at 185 pounds, it'll give according to that. If you're 300 pounds like me and I needed to give more, it'll give more. So the natural playing surface is always going to be the best. I just think owners are in a a situation right now where they are being a little greedy because they have these billion-dollar stadiums, and when they're not in used to play football, they want to hold other events. Well, the problem is this. Those other events beat the grass up and they don't want to spend the requisite money to redo the grass and to keep keep up the maintenance and all that. And so therefore, everybody puts artificial turf in because it's easier. It's cheaper, even though the main part of your business, the players don't want it. So eventually, I hope the owners will listen. But something tells me they won't. Mm, money, money. They may players may have to go really to the wall on this one, Booger, as you know, we're going to ask you. Yeah. about some on-the-field stuff. Now, Chris Jones, back with the Chiefs, like you. Uh, you guys both played defensive tackle. D- I thought that the Chiefs missed him as much, if not more so, than Kelsey, but that's just me. Did you see specific ways in which the Chiefs missed him against the Lions? Well, the interior pressure against the Lions wasn't there. And, and make no mistake about it, Chris Jones is as important to the defense as Patrick Mahomes is to the entire football team. Like, he should have won Defensive Player of the Year last year if it weren't for Nick Bosa, who led the NFL in sacks. That's how good Chris Jones is. Over the last two years, I think he's been the best defensive tackle in football. Aaron Donald, over the last five or six, has been the best. But the last two, Chris has been outstanding. And uh, when, when you look at the holdout, I know what Chris wanted to accomplish. He wanted to get closer to the Nick Bosa money, to the Aaron Donald money. I don't know if he quite got to that based on what I saw. But his impact in that game was felt very clear because Jared Goff had room to step up in the pocket. There was time. In order for the Kansas City Chiefs to get pressure, Mike, they had to blitz, which left those guys on the, on the outside in one-on-one coverage. So he allows them to rush four guys and keep seven back. Otherwise, the Chiefs really don't have a guy that can win on one-on-one consistently. He is that dude, and I'm glad to see him back like I know all Chiefs fans are. I want to ask you about a bizarre little claim that interests us 
Bucks quarterback Baker Mayfield says he was able to pick up the Vikings defensive hand signals and that it helped him in their win. Eh, I'm shaking my head. Booger, does that even sound plausible to you? <laughs> yeah, because listen, us guys on defense, man, we're not trying to be overly complicated. We're trying to make it really, really simple. Back when I played in Tampa, we had a universal signal that everybody knew. Our DBs would do this right here. That meant we were going to be in cover two. Everybody in America knew we were going to be in cover two. But here's the problem. They couldn't block us up front. Myself, uh, Warren Sapp, Simeon Rice. So it didn't matter if you knew, you still had to block us. And, and I think what Baker is saying is, yeah, we knew the signals, but we still could beat them anyway. And let's face it, the Minnesota Vikings defense uh, wasn't good last year. You bring in a new coordinator in Brian Flores. You were hoping that it would be better. It looked a little better, but in the end, they didn't make enough plays. And, you know, Baker's kind of talking a little noise. So uh, it's week <laughs> one. I truly understand. But it's definitely very plausible to no defensive signals. Okay. okay. All right. We'll get you out of here on this. And thank you for mentioning the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings play the Eagles tonight. Um, I think those are two playoff teams from last year. I think the Vikings were in the playoffs. They might, have, might not have done anything. The Eagles obviously went to the Super Bowl. What intrigues you about tonight's game with those teams? Well, for me, it's going to be, can the Minnesota Vikings block the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line? That's where it's going to start every game with this Philadelphia Eagles team. If you can't block their defensive line, it doesn't matter who you have outside. And they got Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. doesn't matter who your quarterback, whether it's Kirk Cousin, Sonny Jurgensen, or Joe Montana. It doesn't matter. <laughs> if you can't block them up front, you're not going to beat them. And I think that's where this game starts. And then on the other side, gentlemen, think about this. Like, we've all anointed Jalen Hurts the next guy, and rightfully so. He's made more improvement than any quarterback I've seen in the last five years. Didn't quite play that well in the first game. And we can attribute that to not playing in the preseason or whatever. But I want to see Jalen Hurts in a standalone game with a national audience. Can he perform and show everybody that week one, his good game or his lack of a good game was just a fluke and come back in week two and perform very well? Well, we'll see that tonight. Okay, Thank you so much as always. Set it up for us. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate it. Anytime. Let's take one last break. Still to come, the Red Sox dump president of baseball ops, Kyle Bloom. Where does the team go from here? And is 22nd ranked Miami a lock to go 3-0 and tonight? <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now, making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming. FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Happy time, people. Happy 34th birthday, Jimmy Butler. Sneaky old, huh? 
He almost qualifies for load management rest. Butler's been in the NBA 12 years now after being the last pick in the first round by the Bulls. Played six years in Chicago, a couple in Minnesota, then Philadelphia, then a sign-and-trade to Miami. Butler has been the player most responsible for the Heat going to two NBA Finals in the last four years. He's a clutch player. He's a monster in the postseason. In his career, Butler's averaging 18.2 points, 5.3 rebounds, and 4.2 assists. But he shows up in tough games. Six-time All-Star, five-time All-Defense, and recently seen at the U.S. Open, cheering on his friend Coco Gauff, and fabulously in an Alcaraz exhibition, being a ball boy. Tony, you know, Jimmy Butler has been not just one of my favorite players in the NBA, but my favorite player in the NBA, because I was there on draft night when the Bulls took him, you mentioned last in the first round, and he said, hey, I know my role. I'm here to try and help stop LeBron James, to try and help do that. And if Derrick Rose hadn't gotten hurt, the history of the league might have been rewritten, because I would have liked to have seen what happened with a maturing Derrick Rose and Jimmy Butler and a healthy Joe Kim Noah, but we never got to. Happy anniversary, Jamal Lewis, on this day 20 years ago. Lewis set a then NFL single game rushing record, going for 295 yards in a Ravens win over the Browns. That record was bested by just one yard four years later by Adrian Peterson. In 2003, Lewis ran for 2,066 yards. Since then, only Peterson has more yards in one season, 2097 and 2012. There are eight members of the 2,000-yard club. Eric Dickerson has the most, 2,105, followed by Peterson, Lewis, Barry Sanders, Derrick Henry, Terrell Davis, Chris Johnson, and the first one to get there, O.J. Simpson. You'd think with 17 games, 2,000 yards would be accessible, but running backs are not valued or used the way they once were. They're not, Tony, and the league is not better off for it, in my mind, having grown up wide following a franchise that produced some of the greatest runners in the history of the game. And Jamal, Jamal Lewis has kind of forgotten. Happy trails to Chaim Bloom. The Red Sox have fired their chief baseball officer after four seasons in that position. Bloom, 40, was hired away from Tampa Bay in 2019. Under Bloom, the Red Sox made the ALCS in 2021, but missed the playoffs last season and will miss them again this season. Bloom was hired to revitalize the Boston farm system and bring financial stability to one of baseball's biggest spending teams. One of his first acts was to trade Mookie Betts to help get payroll in order. It didn't work, and it was never forgotten. The Red Sox also saw Xander Bogarts and J.D. Martinez leave via free agency, and in case you're wondering, Reportedly, Theo Epstein is not a candidate to replace Bloom. If you trade Mookie, I mean, do you think that was his idea? Was he pushed toward it? Whatever happened, man, trading Mookie bets, that winds up being a stain on the resume. One update, the Fox is part of the dog family, yes. but they look like No, cats. they don't. Dogs. I, I was, yes, they do. Big finish quickly. Let's do it. Sun and Aces won in last night's WNBA playoff openers. Your thoughts? They're the superior team. The Sun and Aces, we couldn't meet for the final. They, they, we knew they were going to win big. Fifteen Dartmouth basketball players filed a petition to unionize. Another school tried that earlier. Significant? I don't know. Maybe Dartmouth will pay them. Blake Snell over the, over the Padres took over the ERA lead from Justin Steele of the Cubs. NL Cy. Steele's got a much better record in El Cy. He is. The Rays and Orioles start a four-game series tonight. That's a big deal, right? Yeah, because the O's are only up two games. Last one, college football tonight. Bethune Cookman at number 22, Miami. Who you got? Yeah, I'd like to sniff upset, but Miami's, Miami might have a special season in front of me, Tom. 
We're out of time. We will try and do better the next time. And I'm Tony Kornheim. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, knuckleheads. And now, here's Sports Center. Maybe they'll have a fox run across the set while they're doing it. Blank page. <laughs>